Hey coaches, welcome back. This is Coach Parker. Thanks for joining me today with Coaching You Football Tips and Talk podcast. I'm your host. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, before we get started, can you subscribe? That does a big help to me and cost you nothing. Please subscribe to the podcast or video. Really appreciate it. Thanks again, and we'll get started soon. Hey coaches, welcome back. This is Coach Parker with CoachParker.org. How are you guys doing today? Welcome to the uh, video podcast and podcast here. Uh, Today we're doing, again, part three of our keys to fun, success, and winning in the training for new youth football coaches series. And uh, glad you can join me today. And before we get started, please subscribe if you get a chance that helps me with search engines, search engine results and rankings, and uh, really doesn't cost you anything and helps me a ton. So we'd appreciate it if you could subscribe, uh, hit the like button below, make some comments, all that good stuff if you get a chance on your platform. I really appreciate it. All right, well, let's jump into this part three of Keys to Fun, Success and Winning podcast. Uh, And today we're going to talk about recruiting players and player evaluations. Uh, The next thing we'll talk about is player retention and then also player position recognition. And before we talk about those, let's just, uh, there was part one and two of the uh, podcast. And that's uh, part one and two. We went over organization and planning, your time commitment, setting goals, Uh, expect more from everyone and yourself have you played football do you know youth football because they're a little bit different Uh, are you a good manager do you have good communication skills are you a leader Uh, are you gonna have good attendance are you gonna be responsible Uh, ethical and moral leadership Um, how to learn your league and their leadership and best coaches Uh, we talked about team discipline and also choosing Uh, coaches, team managers, and making sure you had the right people on your staff. And so that was what was in parts one and two. Now let's jump into this first topic uh, for today's podcast is recruiting players and player evaluations. Uh, And I would say this is probably a very tough skill and you must be good at it. I'm not the best at actually recruiting players and talking to people that I don't know. So I usually have folks around me that are better kind of people per people persons that can introduce themselves and go right up and uh, do that. And, uh, but I'm really good at player evaluations. And so, you know, like I said before, when you're choosing your staff and the people you've got around you, make sure you, you choose people that uh, kind of fit uh, in where you might not be the best, but uh, I would say the recruiting player in your player evaluations really will set the tone of your season and how much fun, success, and winning that you have, and however you define that. Uh, because your team really is only as good as your weakest link. I mean, you've heard that before. And even though, you know, I can coach any team and coach them to be better, but at the end of the day, you know, parents, the lead, the players, everybody uh, really wants to win football games. And so you need to recruit players 
as you know before I said learn your league uh, and you need you know whatever your scheme is is you want to recruit players that are going to fit within what your needs are and evaluate those players and put those in the positions to me the, the, the drafting we, I'm in a league where players are kind of quasi assigned they recruit players into a pool and then we draft them from there and I, and I really think this whole pre-season recruiting drafting player evals getting people on your team is all to me is almost as fun as actually the season because in a lot of ways your season can be made or broke on how you recruit and, and evaluate players and so uh, I really like that a lot uh, and so like I said before I mean even the good high school and college coaches they want the best talent on their team because it's easier to coach teams that have really good talent so you know if you're in a position where you can actually go out and hold your own tryouts and recruit and do that uh, well then you know here's some things uh, that I have done in the past to recruit people to my teams and also evaluate uh, players. Uh, so some of the things on recruiting, you know, is talk to other coaches. I mean, that's the first thing. Uh, other coaches with older teams uh, and so forth and just find out uh, uh, kids um, that play sports. And, and when I say coaches, I mean, that's baseball coaches, basketball coaches, PE coaches, just start talking to coaches or who's the, you know, little studs that are running around the neighborhoods. Uh, and, you know, not only coaches, but ask your son and their friends or your, your daughter, you know, who are the studs that are playing, you know, touch football around the neighborhood or at school or on the playground and find out those names and also at church uh, that's a good place to find people scouting is another field days all of these places just start talking to people when you're getting your team ready and it's really just communicating that you're getting a team you're you know starting to coach getting a team together and you're starting to look for players one of the best things that i did when i was trying to recruit a elite seven on seven team is i had my son take flyers that talked about what we were going to do and who i was and he handed them out to, to the studs at his school that he wanted to play on our seven on seven teams and uh, that worked out great um, that was awesome so he didn't hand out to everybody he just handed them out to the guys uh, that he knew that he wanted on the team and we got more kids than I, I you know could deal with and we actually wound up having two teams with two staffs and running an A squad and a B squad uh, for that uh, so the other thing is social media on Facebook uh, there's also neighborhood groups within Facebook and stuff, and so you can post flyers there. Uh, talk to your league. I mean, do they let you hold your own tryouts, or you must go through their tryout thing? And you'll find out they may also have uh, marketing that's going on and, and will assign you kids to try out. I know when I coached at one league, uh, they the league would actually get all the kids and then you had a day 
or I think an hour or two during that day to go through your tryout period. So the league may have that. Uh, I know a lot of guys, and I find this kind of weird, but they will scout our tryout days in our league and talk to kids within our football teams to come to their select travel teams. So that's one way to do it. Uh, like I said, ask your child who the studs are. Your older son may have played. Uh, he may know older kids that have younger brothers. I know the younger brothers sometimes are meaner and better than their older brothers. So look to younger brothers because we're kind of doing that now. I know we were just talking the other day with a coach friend of maybe uh, coaching a younger brother of a guy that we knew that played four or five years ago. His younger brother's coming up. So there's things uh, about that. Also talk to your league commissioners. Uh, they probably know, know guys, you know, that are that are looking to for your age group. So those are some areas of recruiting uh, that you can take a look at to help you recruit players. If your league isn't doing that at a global uh, level, you know, if you've got kind of a private travel team, these are some of the things you can do. Or maybe you're in a quasi league where... You know, you could put kids in and then they give you those guys to try out. So there's some things on recruiting. And like I said, recruiting players is is a really big deal. Uh, and uh, it, it is kind of a tough skill, but you got to be good at it. I mean, you can kind of see it at the college ranks. The best recruiters are usually got the best teams. So there you go. So the other part of that is player evaluations. And that's that's a real critical piece to all this because although you may get a bunch of kids come out it's like okay so now i've got to evaluate them and how do they how are they going to look to what i need personally on the team and the holes i'm trying to fill or the team i'm trying to put together so a couple of things that i like to set up uh in my drill is a 40 yard dash a 20 yard dash and then like an agility z or l drill to determine quickness and kind of a which is kind of a bag or or ladder drill and i'm determining quickness for that uh i prefer a full pad tryout but i know a lot of leagues now do not do full pad tryouts they're kind of like field days or we call them grass drills and so you've got to determine are you there or not on that particular one you know i like to go through a whole pass thing uh, more than five passes i like to go through a whole pass session with quarterbacks and kind of break them out passing uh throwing catching uh pitching all of that looking at all that in detail for linemen and really everybody is if you've got a sled sleds to me really will tell me if a kid's got power uh in his lower body and can push and uh I used to have a king crab sled and when I had kids push that, those would tell me quickly who the starters on the team were. So I really, uh, really like to have a sled there. If you don't have a sled, you can get a bag and hold and have kids push you and you can try to, to see and determine if they're pushing you with the same force. I love to look at a stance, a two point and a three point. That'll tell you if they've been coached well, they can get into that. You definitely want to have like an angle tackle drill tackle some bag even if there may be in uh, no pads uh, blocking you know do they come up with their hands are they engaging do they drive with wide feet you're looking at all that and then of course you know your, your centers do they shotgun snap do they not quarterback exchanges and then you've got punt and kick and so you can go through the, all that and certainly you want to have a spreadsheet 
where you're grading all that with numbers and you videotaped it. And you can go back and look at all that and uh, make sure that you've got that. I geek out. I have a huge spreadsheet where I've gra I grade everything. Uh, and the biggest thing in this tryout, and I know a lot of people forget this or they don't want to do that, is actually... Uh, the interview questions and uh, I think that I have another podcast in here about player evaluations and you probably should listen to that but I have a whole set of interview questions that I like to go through which are also graded out do they like to hit are they smart I do math questions to see if they know numbers because we're doing play calling are they an experienced player I almost always hate to take rookies uh, Who's the best tackler? Are you the best tackler? Who are your other three best tacklers on your last team? Who are the best three blockers on your last team? Who scored on the touchdowns on your last team? And when I'm asking about this, I'm asking, are you doing that? And then I'm getting two or three names who are the best so I can go look to recruit those other guys too. Uh, are you mean? Do you like to hit? You'll be amazed how many people that tell you they're not really into hitting. Uh, what are your grades at school? Do you attend school? What other travel select teams do you play for? What other sports do you play? Are you a problem kid at school? Do you get in trouble? Uh, what's your best sport? Uh, how many years have you played football? What was your last team? What was your number? So I go all this and I'm making sure they're looking at me in the eyes and paying attention. A lot of times we've gotten burned by kids that are looking down or they're trying to cover their face when they talk. Uh, and so I've got a list of about 20 questions and there are three of us that'll go through uh, when grass drills about 120 kids. Uh, at our league's tryouts and we'll interview the kids and what we found is that the interview questions will pretty much give us the starters uh, kind of baseline if everything else is equal so uh, make sure you're interviewing talking to kids and asking them a pretty good uh, series of questions and do not let their parents be around and try to answer uh, that that always kind of is an issue and as we're talking to about parents um make sure that you know when you're recruiting and drafting you're going through place that you know you're not drafting and recruiting a parent problem if you know we've done that we've been really good up until the last couple of years about that where we've been able to win people over in a couple of last two seasons three or four seasons ago i've had some really bad ones that uh, uh he's gone through about four coaches and it was a terrible deal. So make sure you're not drafting and recruiting in a uh, problem child and parent. So just FYI on that. Uh, the, like I said, the key thing is when you're interviewing, make sure the, the, the child is looking at you in the eyes and they're not goofing around and playing around because uh, that'll just lead what they're, they're doing in practice. But again, check out my other podcasts on player evals or video and you'll, you'll get some more on that. Uh, the next thing, and we're running kind of long here, so let's talk about player retention and attrition. You know, the first thing, you know, with player retention and uh, attrition with players, you know, staying on your team is do you respect your players and love your players? You know, there's a lot of coaches that just yell and scream and they're really not teaching or coaching or really concerned 
except for the six running backs maybe they have on their team. You know, and I know a lot of teams will have 20 players. So make sure your attention span is going beyond your six running backs or maybe your three running backs. And, and, and what I've seen here locally is a lot of select travel teams have been putting kids on their rosters just so they can make their budget numbers and buy all this cool stuff. I mean, don't don't put kids and draft kids on your team just so you can make a, a budget number because they're wind up not going to play very much and that's what's happened. And then that just causes parent issues. I know that team that did that here locally uh, almost disbanded because of that because a lot of players uh, just didn't play, which uh, was unfortunate for them because they were sold a big pot of nothing and uh, thought they were going to be on a great select team and wound up sitting the bench for most of the season. So if you do that, just know you're going to have parent problems because uh, at the end of the day, parents really want to win and they also want their kid to play. So just FYI on that. I know I try to make because uh, they are kids, you want to try to make it fun. So I do helmet award stickers, uh, ice cream days, pizza parties. Uh, you really just want to make it fun. You know, you make up fun drills. We play uh, football, baseball, and ultimate football on days where they've earned it. So you really want to make practice fun. Talk to the kids. Give them nicknames. Make Just have a fun day. Make up funny things. Uh, and so... That, that's really key to keeping players on your team is respect and love and making it fun to play. You know, no one wants to be in high school at eight years old and have a high school coach yelling and cussing at them. Uh, that's not going to help you uh, retain players. And parents don't want their child around that either. Uh, you know, you want to draft players. Like I was saying earlier, this team was kind of drafting people to because they wanted to make their budget and roster. You know, you want to draft players that were willing to play. Um, don't put people on your team that you're not going to play unless, you know, you're getting those assigned. You're maybe in an MPP league and you've got to get those guys assigned to you. But if you're able to, you know, re if you're recruiting a team on your own and there's no reason to put players on your team that you know that you're just not going to play. Uh, MPP leagues, uh, you know, the one thing that I see around minimum play players is that, you know, you've got an eight play rule or a 10 play rule for the game. Uh, you know, when you have an easy game that you know you're going to kind of win, that's a good time to get these guys in the game, uh, throw them a pass, do something, you know. So on these easy games, there's usually two or three out of an eight out of an eight game season we've kind of seen, you know, take take that opportunity to get these MPPs playing more than they're just minimum. That will really help you out with the parents and also help you out with the league, especially if you're in a rec league and you get benefits if your player retention is above a certain number. I know I played in a league, coached in a league where if your player retention was high, you got certain benefits because of that. You were able to draft a player outside of the norm. So uh, just think about that. Uh, and remember, if you're not 
coaching, this is, I see this all the time. Coaches are yelling at their offensive line from the sideline, just screaming about blocking. When I know, because I've been a league commissioner and gone to some of these practices and watched it, they're actually not coaching blocking at their practices very well. So if you're not really coaching it, you can't really be yelling. And if you're just yelling to yelling because you're you're upset, well, just remember uh, what you coach is what you get. So if your blocking is ineffective, you are coaching it ineffectively and you really should look inside yourself. So remember, if you're yelling just to yelling because you're mad, you might be yelling because you're upset with yourself because you haven't coached it. And that's kind of what I see a lot at the youth level. So make sure you're trying to coach everybody. And at the end of the day, you know, make sure the people you're putting on your team, this will help retention, is some of these guys may not be the, you know, playing a lot in games, but make sure in practice, everybody practices the same and gets all that time because really everybody learns at practice. So don't have your five or six you know, weakest players just standing around for an hour and a half at practice doing nothing. Make sure you try to get somebody that's working with those guys as hard as you can. Also on the player retention that I've seen, you know, uh, parents hate when you've, you've got a kid, you've promised a position and then there's better kids and you're not playing them. So try not to make any promises about where certain kids are going to play when you recruit them and then you can't move them during the season uh, and that becomes an issue so uh, let's do that I am going to run on a little bit long here today to get to this third point I've talked a lot but we're in a podcast and you can listen or speed up so let's go to this third point here player position recognition I think this baby, and I'm and I'm pretty good at this too, and the coaches that I've coached with, is is really a big skill. You you've gotten your kids on your team, you've retained your players, and now you're you're getting in to tryouts, and you're trying to determine where this player is going to play within your schemes on offense and defense, and assign that player there. And you know you've really got to go through a lot of uh, scrimmages, preseason, practices, videotaping, player evals, depth chart, so you really can see what these players are good at. And this may be the one of the most difficult tasks that I see coaches struggle with is where the best position this player is going to be for the team. Because a lot of times coaches will look at it, this is the best position for this player but maybe in me and the parent, but maybe not for the team. So we've had some pretty good quarterbacks that since we're a power running team, I didn't need that player to play quarterback. I may need to play a wing back or a half back to run the ball. And we put a weaker person at quarterback because we're handing off and we weren't really throwing that much. And so that, that, you know, some folks don't understand that as much. Uh, the other thing is, you know, they may be a better corner, but because I don't have a linebacker, they have to play linebacker. And even though the dad wants him to play corner, you know, sometimes you get in the rec leagues and you only get certain kids and you have to mix and match that versus a select travel team where you can put kids. But 
On this player position recognition, it's really about trying the kids out during, you know, your practices, the first game, preseason, in player evaluations, in scrimmages, and moving players around to see what they're really good at. Where does this player fit the best for the team, not just for uh, them or their parents? And so really look at it as for his team thing. Now, in one of my last videos, is, uh, podcasts and podcasts is why do certain teams lose all the time? And it's this daddy ball favoritism thing that I see a lot is there's a lot of coaches that they will put their sons at quarterback or a key position. And uh, there are better players on the team that can play that position. And uh, all the coaches know that and all the parents know that. And they're not letting that person play there whatever that position is because their son or their nephew or the assistant coach's son is playing that and that's costing them games and that is i see that a lot I, i've i've seen two or three teams that we've played many many seasons with where their sons will be playing certain positions and there's like studs on the team and uh that should have been changed and they didn't do it. And, and that player wasn't even playing uh, offense. They were only playing once when there were really a two uh, a, a, a offensive defensive starter. And so, uh, and that comes down to they had promised a player and they promised a dad or this is this. I mean, it's, it's crazy what's happened. So really be careful on uh, player position recognition and putting people in the right place. If you've made promises or you're doing this daddy ball favoritism thing, uh, that's really gonna hurt your team, especially if you're losing games. You really need to look back if you did that right. Uh, we actually will hold tryouts for quarterback and other key positions on the first two practices, even though we've gone through evals and everything just so everybody and you know what we have found many diamonds in the rough doing that even though it's it's kind of time consuming we've actually found a couple fastest kids on the teams and became running backs and they did not do that well in tryouts and so uh it's quite interesting and we found a couple of quarterbacks who could just throw bullets that did not throw well in tryouts but actually became great little quarterbacks so you know, make sure you're going through this long videotape scrimmage where the player best fits on the team. Uh, the other thing is, you know, we really want to find a center fast and can, you know, can these, can these three linemen or even a third string or fourth string quarterback play center and get the snap off? And is that best for the team? They may not want to play center, but make it make it advantageous for them to play it talk them into it talk it up yeah, the center to me is one of the most important positions on the team uh you know you want to look at who your first six fastest players are the top hitters uh who can carry a load for you at running back can they do that the whole game do they have the physical and mental capability to do that we do a memory game called the name game so i can figure out who could remember their plays uh, and so you need to understand your offense and defense 
schemes really good and how these players and the puzzle thing comes together. So like for example, me defensively on my defensive mindset is I'm looking for two great outside linebacker DNs, two great inside linebackers, two great tackles, one great cornerback, and one pretty good or great nose guard. And then the three other guys can be okay. And I can get away with that. And so, you know, when I'm looking at all that, I'm trying to make sure my two best tacklers and sure-footed smartest guys are my outside linebackers. And that's the kind of way I go through it. So as I'm doing player position recognition, you know, I have in my head, these are the players. So that's what you've got to know when you're you're doing this recognition of where, you know, these certain players are going to fit for you. Uh, you know, questions that, that I always ask with some of these smaller tailbacks uh, when you if you're running power or even not running power because can that tailback that you're running a lot you know your stud running back can he play a hard-hitting defensive position or do you need to put him at a corner or safety to give him a break or does he even play on defense and so you you need to kind of look at that uh, you know uh, so those are some things, you know, does this full back, you know, can he also play tight end? Does he have hands? Is he a better tight end? Uh, is he stickered? So he can't play fullback, but he can play tight end. So you got to know your league rules around what the weight restrictions are and that kind of thing and say, okay, well, I've got this great fullback, but you know what? He's over the weight limit uh, or for whatever reason, he's, you know, he's aged out for the league. So he can't touch the ball from the backfield, but I can play him at tight end. Cause I've been in a league where a sticker player tight end could catch the ball, but he couldn't be in the backfield. And then I've been in leagues where sticker guys cannot touch the football unless it's kicked to them and, and on special teams. So you've got to kind of look at all that. And so I think when, you know, the biggest thing on player position recognition is throw out your daddy ball thing and favoritism, videotape your practices and scrimmages and your games, and make sure you're putting the best puzzle pieces in their spot. And so I think that's going to be the end of part three because I'm heading into 30 minutes here. And remember, coaching new football is hard. It's a learned skill, takes time, it's like herding cats, parents are crazy. There's a bunch of league politics. <clears throat> there are other good coaches. Uh, did you get the studs on your team and put them in the right place? And it's also a time commitment because I know that uh, you got to work and you got a family. So do you have enough time to actually coach? So uh, there you go. Also, uh, if you like to support me and you like this Keys to Fun, Success, and Winning podcast, you can head over to Coach Parker and you can actually purchase some of my football playbooks and ebooks over there. That really helps me uh, support me to uh, do more free youth football coaching tips and talk uh, for free. Uh, again, thanks for joining me here on the Keys to Fun, Success, and Winning Part 3. This is training for new youth football coaches. I uh, really appreciate it. And remember to subscribe to the channel if you get a chance. That really helps me out with uh, Google and the other search engines. So hit subscribe, notify, comment, like, shoot me an email. All that good stuff that really helps out. Uh, so, yeah. 
So sorry for taking so long today, but I think uh, it was some good information. If you think so, let me know. Uh, again, please subscribe. This is Coach Parker with CoachParker.org uh, with the U Football Tips and Talk podcast. Thanks for joining me today. Remember to play for fun and winning is funner. I'll see you guys next time. Ciao.